everyone. Thank you so much for joining me on the Hope for Today broadcast. I'm your host, Doran Wengard, founder of Wengard Ministries, where we are delivering hope to every heart. This is the final message in the series I'm calling Hope in the Spirit. That is, unless the Lord gives me another message to add. But if you've missed any of the previous messages from earlier in this series, I'd encourage you to go back and watch or listen to those as well. Hope in the Spirit is really where the victorious life begins, so spend as much time and effort as it takes to walk in true revelation. I will be moving on then to the next series called Hope in the Soul. I've titled the message today, The Awakening of the Sons of God. We need to walk in a true and biblical view and understanding of who we are and where we fit into God's plan. And I asked this question in the last message, who are you? So this is a more revelation and understanding of who God has created us to be. I believe that there is an awakening and reformation taking place in the church around the world. There are great examples of true believers all around the world who are taking the word of God seriously and they're seeing their lives transformed. There's many countries that are seeing the same wave of revival as the sons of God are revealed by walking in power and authority over their circumstances. And I believe that that's what's happening now in America. It's time for the greatest awakening to happen. Now remember that the term sons of God, when this is the awakening of the sons of God, the term sons of God refers to both men and women. So don't get lost in gender separation here. Jesus gave his life on the cross for our full redemption. It was for much more than just keeping people from going to hell. He died for the privilege of revealing himself and also for revealing his glory in people. I want to start by reading Romans 8, verses 14 through 22. So let's look at how Paul describes this here. Romans 8, 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope, because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Now, I want to remind you that these verses are not talking about where, uh, you know, just when we die and, and go to heaven. Verses 14 and 16 say that we are the sons of God. And verse 22 says, together until now. So Paul very clearly brings it back to the present, even then when he was writing it. And so if it was true then, it's also true for us now. Paul is also drawing our attention to the very important point in verse 21, where he says that the creation itself 
will be delivered into the glorious liberty of the children of God. And this says to me that the children of God are already being revealed in glorious liberty, and as that happens, the creation itself is then delivered by by the sons of God living according to the liberty that God has given to them. We are called to deliver even the creation. That glorious liberty is what Jesus modeled when he walked on the earth. The Amplified Version says uh, in verses 18 and 19, I actually want to read that here. He says, For I consider from the standpoint of faith that the sufferings of the present life are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is about to be revealed to us and in us. For even the whole creation, all nature, waits eagerly for the children of God to be revealed. And then verses 21 and 22 says that the creation itself also will be freed, will also be freed from its bondage to decay and gain entrance into the glorious freedom of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been moaning together as in the pains of childbirth until now. Now, I know that we've talked about this before, but we must first come to the realization and the belief that God is only good. If you've not first believed believed this truth, you will not be able to see the fullness and the completeness of the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Most religions around the world including Christians, have been taught that being human is simply an obstacle to overcome on the path to perfection. The truth, however, is that Jesus came to reveal God's plan for mankind by operating in the glory of God as a man born of a woman. He came to model the exact life that he wants each of us to experience in our daily lives. Jesus did not come to deny and escape his humanity, but rather to show us how to partake of the very life of God and then living and expressing that life of God in and through our humanity. I want to read what Paul wrote in Philippians 2. Uh, I'm going to read verses 5 through 13. So let's see how he describes this. He says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Notice Paul says, work out your own salvation. Now, he wasn't saying, save yourself. He was saying, work this out. Like, allow this truth that's true in the Spirit to be manifest in you, through your soul, into your body. You have to work it out for yourself. In other words, you have to come to the place of believing and seeing it come to to fruition and manifestation. 
in Ephesians 1, I actually want to read this in the message, um, verses 3 through 12, because this describes so well, uh, and, and I love how the message actually puts this. He says, How blessed is God, and what a blessing he is. He is the Father of our Master, Jesus Christ, and takes us to the high places of blessing in him. Long before he laid down earth's foundations, he had us in mind, had settled on us the focus of his love to be made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. What pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift-giving by the hand of his beloved Son. I'm at verse 7 now. Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, his blood poured out on the altar of the cross, we are a free people, free of penalties and punishments chalked up by all our misdeeds, and not just barely free either, abundantly free. He thought of everything, provided for everything we could possibly need, letting us in on the plans he took such delight in making. He set it all out before us in Christ, a long-range plan in which everything would be brought together and summed up in him. Everything in deepest heaven, everything on planet earth. I'm at verse 11 now. It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us. He had designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. Wow, I love how that is stated. One of the boldest claims of the gospel of Jesus Christ is the claim that not only does every believer have salvation, redemption, and forgiveness, but every believer has been given the right and the privilege to be the offspring of the living God. So what does this mean for us today? How are we to live and represent the finished work of Jesus in our own lives? 1 John 1, 3, uh, actually 1 John 3, 1 says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And that's verse 2 and verse 3 says, And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Now notice that we, as the sons or the children of God, as we see him, we, he, he is being revealed in us. And anyone who has this hope purifies himself just as he, Jesus, is pure. A few years ago, I was asked by my relatives to do a DNA test because I am a direct son descendant of my great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather who came to America from Switzerland in 1746. Now, the man in charge of doing the test was very confident of what he would find as a result of my test. Several months later, though, I received a call from him, and he seemed very confused over the phone. He asked me if there's any possibility that I was adopted out of another family. And then he proceeded to tell me that he was finding a DNA pattern that has never 
before been seen in any of the descendants of my bloodline, or for that matter, in any of the tests that he had done. It was, a, it was a DNA signature he'd never seen before. It was right then that God spoke to my heart, and he said, I told you this would happen in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Do you remember what that says? It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. This was simply a test, but it revealed something very important to me. My physical DNA is actually continuing to be changed by the DNA of the Holy Spirit himself. This, to me, is a physical example of being changed from glory to glory now in this life. It's obvious to me then that sickness cannot live where the DNA of the Spirit of God is. This is not only something that's just true for me, but it's for every believer who is a new creation in Christ. We can no longer live in sin when we are convinced and persuaded that we are who God says we are. What we believe about God will determine what we believe about ourselves. And what we believe about ourselves will determine our value for other people. We become insecure in our lives when we try to get our value from something or from someone other than God. It is in this greatest awakening that the sons of God are being revealed for who they really are. It is time for signs and wonders to follow the preaching of the word and for miracles to be expected, even by the world and by those who have previously not believed. When believers live completely out of who the word of God describes them to be, the spirit of God is free to operate in power. I am challenging you today to revisit how you see yourself. The Bible is very clear in its description of believers. Jesus also was very clear in describing how he wants to live through us. Take the limits off of God by taking the limits off of yourself. It's not humility to deny the power of God from working in your life. It is the greatest form of pride to do that. People will be drawn to you and the Spirit of God in you. Walk upright and boldly in the face of opposition, even if it comes from other people in the church. It will be your love and power which will demonstrate the very same way that Jesus walked on the earth as the firstborn Son of God. Walk as children of the light and let your light shine. In Matthew 5, verses 14 through 16, Jesus says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Allow your heart to truly believe that you are a son of God, and that you have been given the authority of Jesus to manifest the power of the kingdom of God from your spirit through the, through the agreement of your soul and out into the physical realm of your body. Thank you again for the privilege of speaking with you today. God bless you. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit.